Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran on this fifth Sunday in Lent. Uh, before we begin our worship, first a prayer request. We want to keep Roger and family in our prayers today and tomorrow uh, as a visitation for Marcel this afternoon and service tomorrow. Please remember them in your prayers as they as they mourn. Uh, we also want to remember in our prayers the family of Rita Plogger who passed this week. Pray for them in their in their grief. Uh, and a couple announcements this morning. Uh, first is a reminder that this Wednesday will be our last midweek Lenten service, even if you haven't come to one or haven't been able to attend one, by all means come to this Wednesday. We eat at 6 o'clock and then we worship at 7. Uh, also a reminder that next Sunday is Palm Sunday. And so before the service, we will process in from the fellowship hall with, with Palm. So if you are able, uh, we'll meet over in the fellowship hall at the beginning of the liturgy and then process in to the sanctuary. So... Uh, just keep that in mind next Sunday. Also, this Sunday, you'll notice on the insert as well that, again, we get a long gospel reading. It's about 45 verses. So if you need to sit or if you're more comfortable sitting for that long reading, by all means, feel free to do so. Are there any other prayer requests or announcements for the congregation this morning? Oh, yeah, Mary. Yeah. For uh, a daughter of one of the friends of mine, um, her name is Jenny Crew, C R E W. Uh, she was just diagnosed with a real aggressive form of leukemia. So. All right. Yeah, we will keep Jenny in our prayers. Right. With no other requests, then I'll invite you to prepare your hearts and prepare your minds for worship as we listen to the prelude.
congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son came into the world to free us all from sin and death. Breathe upon us the power of your Spirit, that we may be raised to new life in Christ, and serve you in righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. We'll now read Psalm 130 responsibly. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice, let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If you were to keep watch over sins, O Lord, who could stand? I wait for you, O Lord, my soul waits, in your word is my hope. My soul waits for the Lord. Watch for the morning, more than those who keep watch for the morning. 
O Israel, wait for the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, with the Lord there is plenteous redemption. For the Lord shall redeem Israel from all their sins. Our second reading is from Romans 8. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also, through his spirit that dwells in you. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. While Mary stayed at home, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? 
She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, and said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you grew up in a church reading the King James translation of the Bible, there's a good chance that you knew at some point John 11:39 by heart. So in the King James Version, Martha says to Jesus about her brother, Lord, by this time he stinketh. And of course, kids, and I remember this as a kid, we latched onto that old translation, he stinketh, right? But the fact that Lazarus stinketh is important to the story. Because what John is getting at here, what he's telling us, Lazarus is not partially dead. Lazarus is not just very sick. He's not merely dead, but really sincerely dead. He is dead dead. His body has begun to decompose. And you know how awful things can begin to smell when they begin to decompose. It's unpleasant. And that's Lazarus's state. He's dead. He's decomposing. He stinketh. But the gospel for us this morning is that God resurrects those of us who stink. And I don't mean stink in the sense of the word that we usually use it, right? We can talk about stink in, in a euphemistic way, like we talk about how a sports team might stink this year, right? And that just means that they're expected not to be very good. We talk about circumstances that stink, things that aren't going our way. But that's not what we mean here when we say that God resurrects those of us who stink. It's not just that God resurrects the mediocre, the below average. 
It's not just that our life isn't quite perfect and God helps us out along the way. No, what we mean is that God resurrects those of us who are dead, dead in our sins. Jesus didn't come for the mediocre. He didn't come to make us just a little better. He came to raise us up from the dead. I use this quote a lot from the author and the Episcopal priest, Robert Capon, but it gets right to the point, I think, of John 11. Capon wrote, Jesus came to raise the dead. He did not come to teach the teachable. He did not come to improve the improvable. He did not come to reform the reformable. None of those things actually work. He came to raise the dead. And dead is dead. There's no strategy or technique to fix someone who is dead. Lazarus has been dead for four days. There's no CPR at this point. There's no self-improvement plan that will allow the dead to fix themselves in this state. The dead are dead. Our Old Testament reading from Ezekiel is a memorable one. We get the image of dry bones in the desert. And the text says that these are not just dry bones, but these are very dry bones. These are bones that have baked in the sun for years. There's no flesh left on them. There's no tendons, no cartilage attached. They're just dusty, dry bones. They're the very picture of the opposite of life. But in the image that Ezekiel gets, what brings life back to these dry bones? Well, it's God's word. It's God's word of promise that these bones shall live, that the graves shall be opened, that brings life back to the dry bones. And what brings life back to Lazarus, the dead man who had begun to decompose? Well, it's God's word. It's Christ's word. Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And by Jesus' word, Lazarus is given life. It's often noticed here that Jesus uses the man's name, Lazarus, come out. And it's thought if Jesus had just said, come out, that all the bodies of the dead would have been raised. Jesus' word is God's word, and his word, his proclamation, has true power. He makes reality by his word, and so when he tells Lazarus, come out, there's no other way it can be. And so as we read this text and hear the reality of Jesus' word, we remember that like Lazarus, we need Christ's word of promise. When you were born, spiritually you were already born in the same state as Lazarus. You were born with the stink of death on you, the stink of sin. And this is important to understand. There was a survey done recently of American evangelical Christians and nearly half of those surveys stated that they believe that human beings are basically good. But that's not what scripture teaches us. Scriptures teach us that because of Adam's sin, we are all born enemies of God. As we confess every Sunday, we are born captive to sin, unable to free ourselves. We are born with hearts that want to trust in anything but the word of God. We are born dead in sin. And like Lazarus in our natural state, we are bound up in a tomb. And so the gospel for you is that God does not leave you bound in your sorry, sinful state. Instead, his word says to you, come out. He does it when you're baptized. Notice that like in the raising of Lazarus, when you are baptized, 
God, God, God calls you by name. He says, Ryan, I baptize you in my name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And what happens? Well, we who were born dead in sin are made alive by God's word. By God's word, we are made dead to sin. The sinner in us is declared dead, and we are raised together with Christ. He raises us by his word. And he does this by joining us to Christ. Because Christ takes our sin, Christ takes even the punishment due us for our sins, and he puts them on himself. Christ dies in our place, and God raises him up. And so by God's word, when you are baptized, the sinner in you is declared dead, and the true you, the free you, the you God intends you to be, is raised up. God puts life into your dry bones. When you pass from this life to the next, you pass with the confidence of knowing that you have already died. God has already put the old you, the old sinner, to death. And he has already raised up new life in you. You have already died, what Martin Luther called the big death. Parting from this world, then, is going to be like a sleep. So during our Lenten midweek services, we've been closing with Luther's song, In Peace and Joy I Now Depart. It's a song based on Simeon's song in Luke chapter 2. But the first verse goes like this. In peace and joy I now depart, as God is willing, and faith fills all my mind and heart, calming, stilling. God the Lord has promised me that death is but a slumber. You see, God promises death in this life is but a slumber. It is but a sleep. Because God promises that you have already died and you have already been raised. He has already called your name like Lazarus, and he has already brought you out of the tomb. So now when you pass from this life, your sinful flesh will finally and fully be put away, and then God will bring you together with all of his saints as he calls you out of your slumber. You now have life as a Christian because Christ has made it so. He has called you out of the tomb. You're no longer bound by death no longer bound by sin and the devil. Instead, you are a person who is free to live by the word of Christ, by his promise. And that's how St. Paul puts it in our second reading today in Romans chapter 8. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. God gives you life. In your baptism, he gave you the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That same life-giving spirit that brings flesh to dry bones. The same life-giving spirit that gave breath to Lazarus, Lazarus who stinketh. And it's the same spirit he has given to you, the spirit of life. And that spirit will never leave you. And so you have nothing in this life to fear because God has given you life. By the word of Christ, you live. By the word of Christ, you are called to come out of the grave. And that Christ and that word of promise will never leave you. Amen.
let us confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God for God, light for light, true God for true God, begotten not made, of the one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was the heart of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under conscious life. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in the words of the scriptures. He ascended to heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We hope for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, you raised your Son and sent your Spirit. Give strength then to our prayers. Heal us in our weaknesses and restore us in our losses. Give us faith throughout our days in Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, breathe your life into your church that she may stand by your strength and live according to your word. Lay your hand on pastors and teachers of every era to proclaim your word and to bring life to the downtrodden, the faithless, the fearful, and the outcast. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of all, you are the true source of life, which you give through the power of your spirit. Humble those who are given authority over the lives of others, especially Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, that they would discharge this duty honorably in accordance with your will. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you have visited your creation in your Son. Grant that our homes would always receive him, that husbands and wives and brothers and sisters would rejoice to hear his promises, steadfastly believing them and ever living in their light. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, the ones you love are ill and need your holy care. Especially, we pray, for for Charlie and Jane, Linda, Allison, Steve, Marilyn, Tony, Carolyn, Jenny, and for all of those who now mourn, Marcel and Rita. Make haste to help them, O Lord, and on the last day, call them and unite them to you and all your saints. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Father, in baptism you have given the new birth of water and the Spirit. Make your children strong in your spirit, that they may shun the works of the flesh and live in this world expecting the resurrection and the life of the world to come. Lord, in your mercy. 
Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You call your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast, that renewed in the gift of baptism, we may come to the fullness of your grace. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending
Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting, and your faithfulness endures from age to age. Praise to you for creating the heavens and the earth. Praise to you for saving the earth from the waters of the flood. Praise to you for bringing the Israelites safely through the sea. Praise to you for leading your people through the wilderness to the land of milk and honey. Praise to you for the words and deeds of Jesus, your anointed one. Praise to you for the death and resurrection of Christ. Praise to you for your spirit poured out on all nations. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. With this bread and cup, we remember our Lord's Passover from death to life as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. O God of resurrection and new life, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and wine. Bless this feast. Grace our table with your presence. Reveal yourself to us in the breaking of the bread. Raise us up as the body of Christ for the world. Breathe new life into us. Send us forth burning with justice, peace, and love with your holy ones of all times and places with all the earth and all its creatures, with sun and moon and stars, we praise you, O God, blessed and holy trinity, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever.